Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash, I don't work here lady, where OP accidentally walks onto a murder scene. Our next Reddit post is from App Clips. I went to Walmart today with my wife and newborn looking for a bike for our daughter. We arrived at the bike racks and my wife had to go use the bathroom. So I stayed behind trying to determine which bike was more fitting for my daughter. Suddenly, my newborn wakes up crying and I start scrambling to prepare his bottle because it was time to feed. As good of a father as I am, I couldn't find a freaking thing in that diaper bag, so the chaos was becoming very real, very fast. Enter Karen, equipped with high heels, sunglasses, a hat worthy of the Kentucky Derby, and a dress straight out of a romantic scene from an 80s movie. Excuse me, help me get this bike down. Excuse me! I knew that she couldn't be talking to me, because clearly I was trying to open a zipper on a bag while the deafening screams of my baby were driving everyone else away. Excuse me, do you speak English? I peek over my shoulder, and wouldn't you know it, Karen was staring directly at me. Are you gonna help me? I kept ignoring her and got what I needed out of my bag, while my son made his best attempt to break every glass in the store with his high-pitched screams. At that exact moment, my wife showed up, and somehow I managed to not curse this lady out. In fact, I politely replied, Can you give me a moment, please? I finished preparing the bottle while my wife held the baby, handed my wife the bottle to feed our son, and I turned to face the evil Karen. Are you gonna help me? Didn't you realize that I was busy with a baby? I don't have all the time in the world to chit-chat. Are you helping me or not? Which bike do you want? That one right up there. She pointed at the exact bike that I was thinking of getting for my daughter. So, I calmly pulled the rack forward, took the bike down, and started walking, bike in hand, back towards my wife. You can just leave it right there. Oh, I didn't get this down for you. I got this down for me. I'm buying this one. Learn some effing manners, you old grunt, and take your shades off. It's 7.30 at night. How dare you! My wife busted out laughing so hard that the baby started crying again. But this time, I didn't mind the noise, because it was blocking Karen's mumbling and swearing as we walked away with our daughter's new bike. Our next Reddit post is from Mr. Too Old to Care. My wife and I are senior citizens. In other words, we're old. My dear wife is a strong, independent, take-no-garbage-from-anyone type of woman, and I adore her for it. She keeps me in line, and she pushes me to be a better man. And she's also the reason behind my modest success in life. She's sarcastic, wicked smart, can cuss like a sailor, and as she's gotten older, her filter has become practically non-existent. A few months ago, we decided to treat ourselves, and we made reservations to go to a rather high-end restaurant. They had a maitre d', sommeliers, highly trained waitstaff, etc. My wife, even though she's in her 70s, has very little gray hair and can pass for 55. She was wearing a very pretty white lacy blouse, very flattering black pants, and black flats. When we arrived, there was no line, and the maitre d' had apparently stepped away from the podium. We were waiting there, and my wife was right next to the podium, and I sat down at one of the benches by the entrance, when another couple came in. Without missing a beat, the man walked up to the podium and told my wife, Rockefeller, we have reservations for two. My wife said that she was sure someone would be with them shortly. The woman huffed a little, and the man said, Please seat us now! My wife told him she's waiting to be seated herself, but the man said again, Seat us now! So my wife said, Right away, walk this way. 
She walked away with them behind her as she walked around the partition separating the entrance from the dining area, circled around to the other end, and led them back to the entrance, then pointed to the bench and said, Sit down! The guy looked like he was going to blow a gasket, and my wife repeated, I don't work here, you moron! You wanted me to seat you, so sit the F down! As the couple were sputtering, and before it could escalate further, the maitre d' arrived, so we gave her name and he led us away. There was no yelling and no threats of police. We had a wonderful meal, if a bit overpriced, and the other couple was several tables away from us. We didn't interact with them again, but they did shoot us dirty looks now and then. Now, before you say that my wife overreacted and could have explained that she didn't work there in a better way, she has a wicked sense of humor and she hates idiots. She loves being a smart aleck and she's so good at it. It's one of the reasons why I still love being put in my place by her when I start getting a little too misogynistic. I wanted to post this here because I lost the love of my life due to COVID. Maybe someday I'll be able to post new content about the wonderful woman that I was honored to call my wife. I'm just not in the headspace to do so now. Our next Reddit post is from Harry Wiener Dog. This all happened many moons ago when I was 16. My first job was a lifeguard at a hot spring and a swimming pool. The water park featured a few large hot tub pools, a cold pool, and two water slides where only one ever worked at one time. I worked there during the winter when everything was open, including the slide outside of the cold pool. There were many odd things about the job, one of which was that I was expected to sit outside in a little, uninsulated shack, fully clothed with a coat on and guard people's lives. I was never sure exactly what I would have done if someone had gone under and needed me to go in. Another odd thing is that I was paid from a personal check from the manager. I never really understood that one. I worked there for minimum wage for one fall and winter. When springtime came, I was hired by a different pool that was much closer to my home for an actual lifeguarding job. My dad was trying to teach me to be responsible, and he told me that it was customary to give two weeks notice. He also said that one month notice is more appropriate if the job can't continue without my position being filled. We decided that I would give one month notice, since there were only three lifeguards and they would have to hire a replacement. I gave my notice in February and said that I would work for one month. After my final day came and went, I got a call from my manager who was upset that I hadn't come into work. I told him my one month notice period had already passed and that I'd quit. He asked me to work just a bit longer until they could find my replacement. The manager kept scheduling me and I kept working, but each time that I ran into him, I would remind him that I quit. By May, he was still scheduling me, so I left him a note saying that I wouldn't be coming in anymore and I wouldn't be checking the schedule anymore. He called me the next Friday night, apparently during a shift that I was scheduled for, and chewed me out for not coming into work. He told me that if I wasn't responsible enough to work when scheduled, then he would have to fire me. I yelled back into the phone, you can't fire someone who quit three months ago. He kept yelling at me about how horrible of an employee I was and how I'll never be able to hold down a job as an adult. My dad was in the same room and could hear every word that my boss said. So my dad finally took the phone from me and delivered a rebuke so satisfying that it belonged in a Liam Neeson movie. My dad is not the type of guy to raise his voice, but he has this way of talking quieter that scares the bejesus out of you. He finished his talk by telling my long-since former manager that he would be driving up there to talk to this guy face-to-face. My dad never drove out. He thought that it would be more painful to my boss, who was a fairly young guy himself, to have to wonder when my angry dad was going to show up. Here's a pro tip for you, OP. If you plan to quit and they ask you to work longer, then ask for more money. 
What's the worst that could happen? They fire you? Our next Reddit post is from Rain State Guy. In the 1990s, I was a TV news stringer, which is a freelance news cameraman in San Francisco. I would listen to police scanners in my car and rush to the scene of breaking news stories where I would get my video camera out, record news footage, and sell it to local TV stations. One night, I heard the police get called to a homicide scene. I drove over there, parked, and got my camera out of my trunk just as a couple of homicide detectives pulled up. I should explain that my camera was a mid-sized industrial model, not one of those huge multi-thousand dollar broadcast models that only the TV station could afford. The detective spotted me holding my gear and motioned me over to the house where the murder had taken place and held the door open for me to enter. I am flabbergasted. This has never happened to me before. Usually when the cops see me show up, they start throwing up police line tape to keep me and my camera as far back as they can. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. I walk in, shoot a wide establishing shot, get a couple of medium shots, and then in walks another cameraman with a camera about the same size as mine. Only, he was wearing a San Francisco Police Department badge on his belt. Everyone looks at him, (laughs) and then they all turn and look at me. Someone finally breaks the silence by asking, Who are you? I respond, I'm TV News. (laughs) The officers who had held the door open for me go white and give each other an oh sh** look as they realize their mistake. Uh, you shouldn't be in here, one of them says, and I say, no problem, and I leave. Just to be clear, I did not include the footage that I managed to shoot inside the crime scene in the package that I sold to the TV stations. If I had, then I'm sure that several hard-working cops would have gotten into trouble, and there's no need for that to happen. I suspect that decision on my part was appreciated, because I ran into the same cops at other scenes in the following years, and they always treated me both friendly and fairly. In fact, I got a few calls over the years suggesting that me and my camera might want to be in a particular spot at a particular date and time, always resulting in me getting exclusive footage of this or that major bust. Down in the comments, people are asking why the cops didn't just take the video footage, and OP explains, legally and morally, they couldn't. You know, that whole pesky First Amendment thing. These officers knew the rules and they had to play by them. That apparently changed recently when, under a new police chief and a new generation of San Francisco cops, officers kicked down the living room door of a stringer doing that same job, put him on the floor in handcuffs, and carted off his video, phone records, etc. That stringer took the cops to court, had his property returned to him, and came away with a big check for what they put him through. Also, I kind of feel like, what sort of defense would the cops had when they literally invited you inside? They can't exactly invite you inside, then get mad at you for coming inside. Our next Reddit post is from Billiam. Quite some time ago, my girlfriend and I moved in together and we had to set everything up. Cable, internet, phone, etc. We got our home phone number, our two cell phones, and we were off to the races. Almost immediately, we started getting calls for an establishment that does custom framing and various other art-related things. Let's call them Art Expo. Of course we had caller ID, and we had friends that would call us. But inevitably, if we didn't recognize the number, it was someone wanting to find out if their order was complete, or their frame was done, or what their hours were, or any of a thousand other questions. When those people called, I would always have to give the same types of answers. Sorry, this is no longer their number. This is a private residence. Yes, I'm sure. No, I'm not giving you my address. No, I don't know their new number. Yeah, I have a phone book, but so do you. 
Eventually, after thousands of these phone calls and changing the message on our answering machine to say, this is not, I repeat, not Art Expo. If you're trying to reach Art Expo, please hang up, look up their number and try that because we aren't them. Eventually, I got my gazillionth call and I asked the person on the other end of the line where they kept getting this number. Well, it's printed on my receipt. I guess I'll call their other number. I asked, can you give me the number on the receipt? Thanks. I called the number. Hello, Art Expo. You guys are still giving out my home phone number on your receipts. Yeah, so? Well, stop it. This has been going on for at least a year. At least cross it out or something. That's a pain in the butt. I'm not making my employees do that. So, you're the manager? I'm the owner. So, let me see if I have this right. What was your name again? Fred. You, Fred, have decided that it's too inconvenient to cross my home phone number off of your receipt, so you're just going to keep giving it out? Yup. What are you going to do? Sue me? Maybe. Whatever. I've got stuff to do. Bye. I called a lawyer, and I didn't really have a leg to stand on. I went to the store and asked for Fred. Fred's not here. He's hardly ever here, really. Do you want me to call him? No, I'm fine, and I know this is going to sound odd, but is there any chance I can see one of your receipts? She picks up a receipt book and shows it to me. Sure enough, it's got my phone number at the top, above another one. I say, I thought so. I couldn't get you at the other number. Some guy yelled at me, and I didn't have my old receipt, so I had to come down here. We've been having that happen a lot ever since Fred decided that we didn't need two phone lines. But he had like 20 boxes of these receipt books and business cards, and he's too cheap to buy more until they run out. I would hate to be that guy. Yeah, that's gotta suck. So, I went home and hatched my evil plan. The next time I got a call from someone I didn't recognize, I said, Hello, Art Expo. Hi, this is Mary Smith. I dropped off a thing last week to be framed. Is it ready? Let me check. Yep, we finished it this morning. I hope you don't mind, but we decided to upgrade the matting because of the weight of the piece. It's the same color and we won't be charging you for it since it was my decision. Oh, thank you. I'll be down to pick it up later today. What time do you close? I looked down at the business card with my number and the hours clearly marked 11 to 4. I say, take your time. We'll be here until 7. Thank you so much. Can you tell me how much it is? $19.99, ma'am, plus tax, so $21.39. Wow, that's cheap. Are you sure? Of course. If anyone has a problem, tell them you talk to Fred. Okay, see you around 6. See you then, and thanks for calling Art Expo. For weeks, I kept giving out completely random information. How much is a 36-inch by 48-inch matte frame? Let's say 25 bucks. Wow, that's cheap. How much to have it framed up custom? Custom is an extra 10 bucks, so $35.99. Wow, that's cheap. I'll be right down. What was your name? Fred. See you in 10 minutes, Fred. How much to have the entire front page of the New York Times from September 11 mounted and framed? 34 bucks, unless you want our special proprietary newspaper frame and math service, which is only 50 bucks, guaranteed for life. Only at Art Expo. Tell them Fred sent you. I can only imagine the number of pissed off people who showed up to pick up orders that weren't ready. And when they finally were, they were given a price that was way higher than what Fred had told them over the phone. Eventually, someone let slip that they called the number on the receipt, and that's what Fred told them. Fred was not happy. Fred gave me a call. Hello, thank you for calling Art Expo. This is Fred. You're not Fred! I'm Fred! Are you trying to put me out of business?
Why, Fred, whatever do you mean? Someone's been giving prices to my customers and telling them their orders are in when they're not due for weeks. Well, Fred, who called them? Nobody called them. They called us. Then what's the problem? If someone called you and got pricing information, that would seem to be your problem. They didn't call me. They called you. Well, how would that happen? Your number's on my receipts and business cards. My, my. It seems to me there's a very simple solution here. Take my number off your receipts and business cards. Do you have any idea how much promotional materials cost? Would it cost you more than the price it would cost you to do these jobs at the price you're quoting? Is it more than it costs to lose customers or less than that? This is extortion! Call it what you want, Fred. The choices and consequences are entirely up to you. A week later. Hello, Art Expo. This is Fred. I've ordered new receipt books and cards. Can you please stop this BS? Sure. Bye, Fred. Genius, OP. If there's anything that can bring a business to its knees, it's an army of angry Karens. That was our slash I don't work here, lady. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.